Good afternoon, I'm Leon Davis. It is Saturday, September the 29th at 2 p.m. <clears throat> and you are listening to Altitude Adjustment. I want to thank you for taking the opportunity to join me this afternoon or whatever part of the day that you're listening to this in. Uh, this past week, and it, well, if you know, <clears throat> pardon me, if you've listened to my podcast before, you know I am a big proponent of a national conversation. And the reason I think a national conversation is important is that we have a tendency, or society has been developed partly by inertia and less by actually defining goals of what we expect or want out of our society. And I think by having a, a national conversation, we can identify some of those goals and we can work to them towards them as a team, <clears throat> as opposed to uh, one small group uh, having an issue arise. And then there's uh, legislation passed to to mitigate that problem. And then that becomes uh, a social norm. So by having a national conversation, we can then discuss why uh, we've chosen to do a particular thing or have a certain particular behavior be supported by uh, society as a whole. This week, <clears throat> there was on display, um, uh, I, I say on display because it, it wasn't really a conversation or a part of the national conversation, and maybe it is. Again, I, I don't, I can't specifically say what a national conversation looks like, but uh, this week in the uh, Brett Kavanaugh confirmation hearing, <clears throat> there was a display of what, what I call the power dynamic between men and women. Uh, the Republicans were pretty battered uh, in all of the articles that I've read and, and all of the information that I saw about how people perceived the proceedings that happened this week. <clears throat> and um, that got me to thinking too, did, just by their behavior, the, the Republicans' behavior, their, their pushback against that and how they chose to deal with that, are they really aware of how the things that they're saying is playing to the larger population. One, one article that I read talked about <laughs> how for them, this was about winning. And through all of the behavior and all of the things that happened, it was easy to see why someone would think that for them, it was all about behavior. So I'm going to talk about uh, the confirmation coming up, the confirmation hearing coming up and, and some of the things that I read and then the, uh, the power dynamic between men and women just in general. And of course, I'm not going to be able to cover much in this half hour. Uh, and because I don't have a, I've been trying to get a female co-host to come on. Uh, to get a woman's perspective on things. And so I'm still going to work towards that. So I may come back and revisit this topic, but right now I'm going to give it a shot for this afternoon. Welcome to Altitude, 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 Altitude. Adjustment. Adjustment. So as I mentioned, <clears throat> there was 
the um, hearing this week and it has been pushed back or the confirmation vote has been pushed back for another week. But through all of that, there was um, a lot of hand wringing and a lot of uh, talk trying to get the Republicans to understand the need to have more investigation into this topic. And uh, one of the key, one of the principles that I thought was significant this week was Lindsey Graham. Earlier in the week, Lindsey Graham said, regardless of what he heard from Dr. Ford, he pretty much had made up his mind. So now I have reached a point where uh, I no longer try to point out the hypocrisy of uh, certain people. It's just, uh, but maybe sometimes it's necessary. Um, He is putting, uh, voting to have a man on the Supreme court for the rest of his life. The, the things that he will have an opportunity to adjudicate or to preside over will affect millions of lives over an extended period of time, several decades. And for him to say that some new mitigating evidence or accusations have come up that he has made up his mind that he is staunchly going to support the the Kavanaugh nomination based solely on what he knows at this particular point says um, it's a, that he's taking a win lose situation. He's taking a win lose attitude towards this whole nomination is because I am not going to hear anything or listen to anything that might cause me to rethink my position. That it does not matter what I hear, does not matter what I see, I am going to vote this way. Then, in the hearing, when uh, each senator was given an opportunity to speak, he made this and I want to say impassioned because it was a, a pretty emotional speech and most of it, none of it had to do with really supporting his idea of why it was to shame or to um, denigrate or to put down the people who brought up the allegations against the, the domination that he was for. So um, to, to say that earlier in the week, I am not going to change my mind. And then um, even after hearing testimony that may or may not need to be looked into to make this speech about uh, uh, how the other side was treating this and how this was a sham and, and all of the statements that he made um, to me was a bit hypocritical. If he, um, he's, he's saying that they're playing partisan political games 
when he showed the actual behavior of political partisanship. Um, for whatever reason, he had chosen to um, support Kavanaugh. He was not willing to hear anything that uh, would impact, negatively impact his decision on uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Now, in a post I've made, I felt that Brett Kavanaugh had some mitigating issues before the nomination in his, uh, there was documents in his uh, file uh, regarding his time in the Bush White House that would bring question to some of his ability to make rash or to make um, judgments unbiased, uh, make an unbiased judgment. And <clears throat> so, so Lindsey Graham, you know, went into this diatribe and maybe my wording uh, shows my distaste for Lindsey Graham's behavior and his words. Um, so I'm doing the best that I can to not prejudice um, the, the someone else's take on Lindsey Graham's behavior, but I find it difficult to find him as objective as someone that's making his decision uh, based purely on the facts and based purely on what is best for the country as a whole. Now, the reason that I think that that's significant is that um, the conservative movement has had um, a lot of success under this current president. <clears throat> they got through the big tax cut that they wanted to get through. So they always talked about taxes. They got rid of uh, a lot of the legislation that they wanted to go away. Um, and abortion rights, or I'm sorry, and then uh, there was one more. Uh, in the, by repealing or working towards repealing the um, Affordable Care Act, they are <clears throat> uh, putting uh, business, they're putting the business interests before the public interest. Um, and they're also uh, rolling back some of the gains that women made under that Affordable Care Act. So, so they were having a, a big win streak. So this Kavanaugh thing would have been probably the icing on the cake because it would have gotten them in a position to uh, take down probably their biggest dinosaur. And that was, um, that is the Roe v. Wade. Uh, so there's that big discussion. So, so for them, I can see where this is a win-lose proposition. This may be probably one of the best opportunities for them to gain that other big win that they would like to have. And looking at their behavior over the week, not wanting to hear from the other uh, witnesses, not wanting to um, take a step backwards or at least postpone this hearing for any length of time, to me spoke smacked of, we are so close to getting everything that we want. 
we're going to just barrel through. We're going to push this one over the, the, the finish line and be done with it. And so, um, so that was my concern with that. Now, <clears throat> from the standpoint of the power dynamic, <laughs> from, this, from getting back to um, my discussion about the power dynamic, so, so there was um, um, this week, uh, or in, in this whole instance where um, they had to interview or they were going to interview uh, Dr. Ford, um, they used a woman to do that for them uh, because the optics would look bad. Now, <clears throat> that being unusual because uh, during the healthcare debate, it was all white men had no problem with it. Um, making decisions about uh, pre-existing conditions and women's uh, reproductive rights. They had no problem with it. So they've obviously gained some level of respect for uh, doing it the a better way. Uh, but that did, as I said, they uh, tried to barrel through and ignore um, the need to uh, be more reflective of what Dr. Uh, Ford had to say. So um, the, the issue that I thought was really significant was, um, so it, it, came, it became a he said, she said. Now with bringing in the additional witnesses takes it from being a he said, she said to actually getting more information and getting context to both of them's side of the story. And they did not do that. Now, <clears throat> they talked about they didn't want to delay the process, didn't want to delay the process, didn't want to delay the process. They wanted to get it over with and done. And it was unfair to Judge Kavanaugh. But they finally caved when one person broke ranks. Um, Jeff Flake. <clears throat> and uh, one of the one of the inst instances that he encountered earlier this week was women who had been sexually assaulted um, reaching out to him. And I didn't get a chance to, uh, I didn't take the opportunity to read that article. I, I had uh, quite a bit of things going on, but it was interesting to see um, that he took that step saying, I um, will vote to, to move this process forward, but I would like to see uh, the FBI investigating. So there's going to be this FBI investigation and how, how it's limited in scope, uh, how it turns out is, I think it's going to be interesting, but with all of that, this week's, uh, occurrences shows there is a changing dynamic, or at least there's a temporary changing dynamic. I don't know how long <clears throat> that this will take place. It could be that after this nomination, we could do it could be just like uh, uh, 15 years ago um, that we go back to being doing the same things that we did before. And there's good reason to believe that there's no lasting change, that 
Um, it, is, it has come down to getting through this moment and that there are issues larger than the changing dynamic in men and women's behavior. Now, getting away from the um, nomination for a moment. So I'm, I'm looking at, let's say that the, the change in, in dynamics has come, or that comes. And one of the things that I have noticed is that, so, so women are saying, you know, keep your hands off my body, and that makes sense. One of the things that I think has uh, been significant is that how we make social norms. So um, previously there was the, the Puritan movement and, and that has slowly been chipped away. So it was dresses below the ankles so a woman couldn't show her ankles and women are saying, you know, that's not good enough. So the dresses get shorter and shorter and shorter. And now we've reached a point where we have celebrities that are, and I, and I, I know this could trigger um, more emotional than, than rational thought, but they are practically new walking through the red carpet and, and one person tries to out nude the other person. And while I think the body is absolutely beautiful and to some degree, I can understand both sides of the ledger on this one, on both sides of the issue. Um, how do we, if, if, if men aren't allowed to speak up, if men aren't allowed to say what they like about a woman or about a woman's body or about a woman's looks, how do, how do, how does that proceed? How does that work for us? So some men aren't going to have any problem whatsoever with a woman being perfectly, totally nude in public. Um, but some men don't want totally nude. They want um, something different. So how do they express that? Because if you say something, <clears throat> um, and we've reached that point where um, women feel that they don't have to listen to men, then we have uh, a breakdown in communication. So how do we, how do you communicate? And one of the things that, now when I say how to communicate, so earlier, in the, uh, so some men were saying that they don't know how to treat a woman in an office because they don't know what they can say and what they can't say. And, and I, I think that's bad that they would even say that because office behavior, if you, if you wouldn't say it to a man, you don't say it to a woman that that's 
Simple. That's not difficult. If you wouldn't ask your male coworker to lunch, you don't ask your female coworker to lunch. If you take your female, you know, now I know that there are those men who think <clears throat> a beer lunch at a, um, an established, a male establishment is acceptable. Um, you do have to take into account the sensibilities of the person that you're asking to lunch about where you should go for lunch. That's just, that's basic that there's no difficulty there. So to say that you have some, you don't know what to say to your female counterparts is disingenuous. It's, it's, it's an attempt to, I think, an attempt to uh, minimize that you have to behave like a human being. <clears throat> so, so that I, I, I don't, Yet I don't think it's fair and, and should not exist. On the other hand, so one of the, um, so I was in a vehicle and I was driving and, um, or I wasn't driving, but anyway, I was in a vehicle and I, and I was talking to a young lady and I just asking, uh, there was a time I thought when people dressed because they were trying to catch the attention of certain types of people. So if you dressed more scantily, you were trying to catch someone for a more intimate relationship. And so, so I asked about that because I don't hear the conversation or chatter about the way someone dresses anymore um, and and how that reflects on their desires. Now, I, I realize that it's tricky um, because in certain situations such as rape, people want to say that because you dressed this way that you were sending the message and we know that that's not true. Um, and so there's a better way to have, there's a better way to understand that rather than to assume that uh, because someone is more scantily dressed, that it is a sign of poor judgment. Though, how do we then set social standards so that some people are dressed, you know, in a fully head to toe while other people are, have absolutely nothing on, or, or is that the kind of society that we want? Is that where we want to be in society? Is that how we see society being? So, so my, my, my question on the power dynamic is how do men and women communicate on a national level to try to understand each other. So a gentleman sees a woman at, that he finds attractive and she is dressed comfortably. Um, if he, if his actions 
seem improper. How do, how do we then make sure that he's not seen as doing something necessarily wrong um, and, understand, and try to learn how to communicate properly? Because I think that's what's, that to me is what's important is understanding how that community. So the, the man is always, or I can say always, the previously the man initiated contact. Um, maybe he got signals from uh, a lady that he was interested in and then they go from there. So, <laughs> so my, my thought, <coughs> <coughs> pardon me. My thought is, um, so that's that's not that's not written down somewhere. There's no logbook that or no do-it-yourself guide that says this is when you can approach safely and when you can approach safely. Uh, I mean, there are some things that, or if if you if you see a ring, you know. You don't um, initiate any improper behavior. But in the course of just having a good time or just having a nice evening, how do we um, know when? So, <clears throat> so it's not just the man. It's, I'm sorry, it's just not just the man's uh, interpretation of things. It's, it's, there's, a, there's a communication that is important to that power dynamic. <clears throat> and there are a lot of different ways to interpret messages that are sent. <laughs> And um, so the, the goal is respecting people's space while still creating an environment where everyone prospers, where everyone benefits from, um, where everyone benefits from uh, interactions in society. And so, so I, I, I think there, along with the conversation about um, respecting women, finding um, equal footing, giving, making sure that, uh, that everyone is heard and that everyone is respected, that we also understand, try to better our communication between both. Um, and, and maybe that's down the road. Maybe that's, that's not some conversation that we should have now because we're still trying to get men when one fifth, when one out of every five, one fifth, one out of every five women has been sexually assaulted. That is a humongous problem. It is a humongous problem that needed to be addressed a long time ago. 
And maybe we need to resolve that problem first before trying to understand the communication between men and women so that the power dynamic is beneficial to both. So I'm going to wrap things up. <laughs> my, little, my little friend here. She comes and hangs out with me. Um, I'm going to wrap it up for today. Um, but I, I am, I want to come back and try to address this again, because I think for me just to understand, but I think it's important because I've, you know, talked to several people and, uh, and a lot, and because I'm an inquisitive person, I always ask questions and I was like, um, well, what do you think of her behavior or what do you think of his behavior or what do you think that they were trying to say? And because there's so many different possibilities, it becomes difficult to effectively pin down any single behavior so that that you can understand all behavior. And the difficulty is if we have a communication that is so random, it's going to always be difficult for us to put into place social policies that give everyone the same amount of respect. So we, we do have to understand the dynamics between how we behave with other people. And I, and I'm talking about public, uh, I have to, um, but, but how we handle that dynamic is going to be about how we decide on uh, communications between all people. The, the difficulty is, is that we don't all share the same experiences while we do have experiences that may allow us to uh, sympathize or empathize with one another. And, and, and that's probably one of the things that we need to do. But again, that might be down the road, uh, solving the problem of the aggression towards women and the lack of respect and behavior to them is definitely top of the list. And our um, occurrence at the current nomination level uh, may be important for cementing the conversation down the road. So I want to thank you very much for this, this afternoon for taking the opportunity to hang out with me. Now, the video podcast is available on YouTube. You can do a search for Lion's Den STL. The audio podcast is available on Stitcher.com. Anchor.fm, the iTunes Store, and the Google Music Play Store. Consider supporting this podcast by visiting anchor.fm slash altitude-adjustment2. The internet is powered by your likes, shares, and comments. So please, like, share, and comment on this episode where you find it, and others, because it matters. As always, be cool, be calm, but above all, be careful. Look out for the other guy because they may not be looking out for you.